We're back for another installment in our award-winning series, B-Movies That Are Craptastic. Up for crap analysis, if you will. The Substitute from 1996, starring Tom Berenger, and The Chronicles of Riddick from 2004, featuring Vin Diesel. In our conversation, we discuss Tom Berenger's less-than-believable martial arts skills, which role is Vin Diesel's true breakout, Dominic Toretto or Riddick, what these two films got right versus what they got wrong, and why casting Dame Judi Dench is never a bad move. We also get into the sequels associated with The Substitute and The Chronicles of Riddick, all of which were equally craptastic. Thanks for checking out the pod. All right, you sure? <laughs> yeah, it's fine, yeah. <laughs> Seemed like you were getting wound up. I was, I was. I feel I'm you know, getting loose, you know. It was, it was, it was good. It was you, good. You're, you're ready for the, uh, the crap analysis. The crap analysis, you know. You know what I'm saying? The craptastic, you know. The craptacular, yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the guilty, guilty pleasures, as it were, you know. Yeah, it was yeah. Down to really. Yeah. So before we get into the conversation proper, what are some other B movies that you would consider to be craptastic? Because I know we, we we talked about quite a few, and I like we've t- in the past we've talked about like Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not great, but it's really enjoyable. You know, and entertaining. You know, right, right. Um, uh, I would say like the Mummy, the original Mummy with uh, Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. I, you can't watch that now, dude. It was it was yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, without looking at it sideways, I mean. You know, I mean, it was it was good for what it was, but the rocks, the rocks of first appearance is the Scorpion King. Yeah, it was not good, sir. No, no, that was it was left. <laughs> it, it left us wanting, sir. <laughs> it did. It totally did. And I mentioned to you like the losers, um, which was based on the comic. Mm-hmm. It's got a great cast, mm-hmm. and it's for all intents and purposes, it's it's just an action movie. You know, it's just an action movie. You know, about a bunch of you know mercenary black ops types or whatever and you know them trying to get get their lives back or whatever and right uh jason jason patrick plays this way over the top uh villain in it and it's it's funny but it's not great but it's 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 really entertaining and it'll, it'll definitely hold you you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh as you know as far as that goes but i was trying to think of some others um that come to mind. I think the ones that Adrian and I did last time, he did uh, American Ninja. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Remember? And then I did, uh, uh, was it Next of Kin? I think Next of Kin is the one I did. Okay. Next of Kin with uh, with Patrick Swayze. Okay, okay. Uh, you know, again, these are these are B-movies, but they are kind of craptastic, yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, even, I mean, even in some ways, man, like, uh, like, like Blues Brothers, yo, back in the day. Oh, I think that's just good. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I love the Blues Brothers. I just think that's just good. <laughs> I, did, I did too. I thought it was too, but it's like it's like okay, is this really quality filmmaking? I mean, what is, what is quality filmmaking? I mean, that's a little debatable topic in and of itself. Like, what is what is what is quality? What's not quality? Yeah. And I guess ultimately, if if it achieves the goal and it, and it, it's fun, and it's immersive, then it's successful. Yeah. And also, like, it's it's funny to that we to have this conversation, but. One of the actors, two of the actors in this movie were also in Training Day with Ethan Hawke and Denzel. Okay. And when you really think about it, Training Day as a movie 
kind of without Denzel's and Ethan's kind of charisma and their energy. Mm-hmm. If you had put lesser actors in it, it'd just be some B movie about you know a dirty cop, and you know I'm saying it just wouldn't have the resonance. Yeah, that's true. That it did. So p- part of us enjoying Training Day was the fact that you had this, you know, this very you know highly esteemed movie star guy playing this character, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we're seeing you know Denzel play somebody who's really pretty terrible, and I don't we hadn't really seen that before. Yeah. Yeah, he's always you know what I'm saying guy. where he was just like he was just damn he's just depraved and just right ruthless you know right King Kong ain't got nothing on me yeah yeah <laughs> but um I've I've chosen 1996's the substitute okay and you chose 2004's the Chronicles of Riddick right exactly so um do you want to start go ahead and at least start things off I mean sure I mean I, I guess yeah um let's just say that um. This was uh, the beginning of Vin Diesel's career, perhaps at a, at a, at a very um, strongest um, mm-hmm. intro. Mm-hmm. Pitch Black was the, was a movie prior to this, and he was at, he was at his apex, and his voice, his charisma, sold you, and that's how it, the second movie got got made in a lot of ways. And I and I think the 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 way the first movie ended, it kind of left you it was open ended, so it could have gone any, any other direction. So mm-hmm. the fact that he seemed to be a character that was still on the run, he was a, the quote unquote anti-hero um, that was on a quest to, I guess, just survive and, and figure out more about his past, mm-hmm. um, kind of made it a little more, more sellable. Um, and I, at the time, I didn't see it in the theater, I don't think. In fact, I'm sure I didn't. I saw the first one in the theater. I think I saw the second one on videotape back in the day where they had mm-hmm. these kids with these things called videotapes that you can get from... <laughs> a place called Blockbuster Video, and you know, I think Blockbuster Video might have been on, on its tail end at that point in terms of uh, like going out of business at that point <coughs> in the early two thousands. Yeah, probably so. That might be about right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, so it was um, the film itself. You know, it starred Vin Diesel, Confior, the great. Um, um, oh, what's her name? It escapes me right now. Tandy Newton. Um, Tandy Newton, yeah. But mm-hmm. no, the great um, um, British actress. Oh, Dame Judi Dench. Dame Judi Dench, man. Always fantastic. Always yeah. elevates the scale. It's like putting, you know, it's almost like it's like putting um, Gandalf in, that plays Gandalf in any role. It automatically elevates it to the next level based on their- Ian their, McKellen? Ian McKellen. Automatically elevates the film. Yeah. Automatically, based on their-, their, their She's kind of like a, like a really expensive condiment that makes yeah. anything taste better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, okay, it's like a really, really, really rich, perfect mm-hmm. ketchup that you can just put on anything. You're like, damn. Yeah. That's good. Or some or some really good sriracha or Sriracha, that's what's gonna say. You know what I'm saying? Sriracha. It's like the sriracha. It's like, oh man, it's made breakfast good, it made lunch good. Yeah. I put it on my dinner, it made dinner good. Sriracha is just all around Exactly. Excellent. And that's that's Dame Judy Dench, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and she sold it as the character um, Arion, one of the elementals, mm-hmm. and actually she, she kind of does like a little, 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 uh, uh, what I like to call the introductory narration to the whole situation, where mm-hmm. the the, ne- the the necromanga, you know, the necromanga, she makes it sound so elegant, so interesting, and engaging, you know, right. And um, the problem with that though is the the lead, which I like, Colin Fior, and other things he's done, mm-hmm. but he doesn't he does not bring the Lord Marshal like presence to me. He looks like a um, a second lieutenant or perhaps a general of some sort, but not, not the guy to be feared. Okay. It's not like a, these are his last days. These are the moments he's, you know, like, ah, 
uh, you know, you're not scaring me, guy. You're not. You're right. <laughs> you sound like, you know, you don't seem like you're. He's not a physical specimen, which doesn't necessarily have to be the case in all, all situations. But, you know, compared to Vin Diesel in an actual fight, we know what happened in that situation. <laughs> Look, to, to, to quote uh, uh, Phil Lamario, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> yeah, yo, yeah, yo. It's like, come on. It's like, come on. You know, I've never seen uh, Chronicles of Riddick all the way through. I've only watched it in pieces. Okay. I saw Pitch Black, and I think Pitch Black is considered to be the better film, right? It is. It is. Okay. Okay. But I've never seen this one all the way through. What What's Carl Urban's character in the movie, and what's uh, What's Keith David's character? Yeah, Carl, Carl Urban plays plays uh, um, uh, Lord Varco, or, or and and Varco is like second in command, dude. For to uh, well, he's got to become second in command to um, the Necromongers. Uh, to Lord to Lord Marshall. Okay, and he's like the going to come up behind the scenes. He believes in the religion. You know, ne- necromongers is a religion. They believe in the, the underverse. They believe that you know everybody needs to be basically like killed and reborn again. This new religion's idea, which is in keeping with most religions. You know, and most religions are like, okay, you may have to be re- you have to be reborn into the faith. You know, and that's kind of what this what this what this, what this symbolizes. Right. And you know, um, so he's he's he plays Lord Varco. Um, I guess you can call him eventually the usurper, but that's not the way he ends up. And then you have Tanny Newton, who plays his consort, plays his wife, you know, uh, Dame Varco, who, who brings it, yo. She's got one of the sexiest lines in the entire film. One of the coolest things she says is, um, flawless victory, you know. Um, that sounds like it, a video game, flawless it, victory. It, it, it kind of does. It kind of <laughs> has that feel to it, yo. It kind of does. It kind of does. And um, the, repeating the line that Lord Marshall always says, uh, surrender now or fall forever. It's like, well, that doesn't sound like a, you know, uh, a film that has a, a whole lot of, uh, the way he says it, it doesn't feel like menacing. It feels like just words being repeated. And there's a way you can say things. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Which kind of takes you out, takes you out of the moment. So, so as it relates to this being slightly you know slightly under quality yeah what do you think this movie got right versus what it got wrong because it sounds like maybe some of the casting might be, have been have been off in your mind in terms of uh the lord marshall yeah or yeah. uh you know like what 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 did it get right versus <sighs> what it got wrong okay what it got right was the idea behind there being this thing which Lord Marshall's afraid of, which was the Furians, which they kind of mentioned in, in the middle of the story where he was, he went to this soothsayer, maybe possibly an elemental, which is what Dame Judy Dish's race was. Mm-hmm. Dame, Dame Judy Dish's race was as, a, as an elemental. And there was this whole thing wherein he went on this tirade, he, killing all the Furians because he was supposed to be at some point usurped or killed by a Furian. So he, he just, he took out the entire planet and didn't bother to convert any of them except maybe one person he didn't realize to to his to his religion. Because what happens in their faith is either you either you willingly surrender and become part of the masses, or they they kill you and take your soul. And there's no there's no there's no redeeming you. There's no point of you you trying to survive at that point. So this the, this high concept idea, right? If if I could call it high concept idea, you feel yeah, like that yeah. that part was communicated well, and you felt the weight of that. Yeah, well, I felt like I felt like the weight was, but I feel like they didn't it didn't bring enough of that into okay. the movie from the very beginning. Like, yeah, it, it didn't have enough. 
it, it didn't have enough weight. Like it wasn't it wasn't enough weight. I mean, I, I like the action sequ- action sequences were great. I mean, this is like that's what, that's what I always thought. The movie looks it looks incredible. It looks fantastic. Great. The costuming and the uh, and and all of the design and uh, you know the computer the the CGI. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, the idea of the uh, the idea of the um, <clears throat> I'd call it I'd call this um, kind of tongue and cheek. I call this um, Vin Diesel's prior career because this, this is the Fast and the Furians. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking, it's sp- like, speaking of which, that had only come out a few years before this, the very first uh, Fast and Furious movie. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he had done that, and that was a success for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and that probably made him like bankable, somewhat bankable, and then this come and then pitch black, but pitch black came out around the same time. I'm guessing, right? The pitch black was before Fast and Furious. It was before pitch the Fast black and the was, Furious. Yeah, this 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 is to my, to my knowledge, this is like his very first role in terms of being a lead. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So as far as pitch black goes, so okay. And his voice, man, he has so much gravitas. He 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 was like a to me, he was like a, a young version of what. James Earl Jones could be as far as gravitas goes. His voice had that kind of that kind of uh, gravelly kind of yeah. you know appeal to it. Like you 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 noticed you noticed him in the crowd. His 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 voice stood out. You know. Yeah. So it's all about family. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Are you with me, Kira? Right. Are you with me, Kira? Yeah, but um, you know, and it, it was it was a decent movie, man. It wasn't it was horrible. But it just could have been. I think the pacing was like off, and I think some of the the set design overpowered the concept of what the religion really was. It like it was like Giger meets Michelangelo. It was it was like it was you know it was just, it was crazy. It was like this whole yeah like like organic, but I don't know well sculpted feel to it. I, I enjoyed the the visuals were, were excellent, except for. I didn't like the the sniffers, the sniffers, the the the, the, the characters with the the purple um, visor on, it, like they got from you know Dollar General with the with the uh, Aqualung <laughs> feature on it. They're like these Dollar kind of, General. Kind of these, <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of like these psychers do, which are like they, they they could follow people's you know state of mind and and state of being distressed, and that they were like on a leash and stuff. It was very. BDSM and weird dude, in a lot of ways. It's like, uh. so you know what 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 strikes me about movies like this and other things that I see, even to to right into modern day, with mm-hmm. um you know some of the sci fi shows that are on now, mm-hmm. they're all and, and maybe Star Wars is just you know a film a series of films that explored it, you know the biggest and the best. But this whole kind of integration of politics and, and religion and, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And and having that, you know, we're, <clears throat> we're in gal- other galaxies with, you know, other cultures and other species and other, you know, alien life forms and whatnot. And, you know, and and traveling through wormholes and all this kind of stuff. But it, everybody still interweaves, like you're saying, the, you know, military and politics mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, religion into their sci-fi. Right. Uh, and I, you have to, you have to think that you know a large part of that comes from how well Star Wars did it, you know, as a, as a, you know, I don't consider Star Wars really to be sci-fi. I consider it more to be fantasy adventure, right? Uh, to me, but, um, but funny how they all kind of still have some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The guy who directed Riddick is he the same guy that did Pitch Black? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he is. 
What's his yeah. name? Uh, David Tui. David Tui. Is how you it? David Tui. Yeah. Okay, I've heard that. Heard of him before. Do you know anything else that he's done? Uh, I think he's done quite a few things. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I didn't do. I didn't pull his his back catalog at all. Okay, I should have. But okay, but he wrote and directed the movie. Yeah, both of them. Wow. So this is yeah. his baby. Then this is his. This uh, is his baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and Vin, of course, Vin took the executive producer credits on the second one because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't he? <laughs> right, <laughs> as he did with the Fast and Furious movies, as he does right? with anything, if he can, you know, it's like exactly. Let me exert my, uh, you know, my control and influence as far as you know, as far as possible. Exactly. Uh, to you know, to try to have control over uh, over what happens. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and and I, why not? It's Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. it's a business. And I have to say, like his whole thing with the voice and with mm-hmm. the glasses, mm-hmm. the and eyes. um, and and all of it was, and the, like the he had like a black uh, like uh, didn't he have like a black tank top on or something or uh, yeah, it was yeah, yeah it was a, a, black, a black white beater, yo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but his his whole look and his whole demeanor, mm-hmm. like I could see why why it worked before I actually saw Pitch Black. I could tell why people were like into it. Because, you know, it's visually striking and it worked. You know how sometimes you just see that, like, oh, yeah, that works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, know, like, you know, like the uh, the 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 black leather and the dusters and all of that in, uh, in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. As soon as you see it, you're like, yeah, yeah, that that definitely works, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it, it, they definitely applied that, that that James Cameron-esque gray, gray and blue, gray and blue grit onto the, to the film quality in terms of the final. Right, like, right, like, right, right, yeah, right. So it's like, you know, that the whole coloring dynamic is not lost on. on kind of a muted. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Grayish blue with with a lot of a lot of uh, you know um, grit and 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 decayed areas to it, which works. Yeah, it pulls everything all really really well together. Uh, somewhat related to that, as far as the uh, the you know what the what the color grading or what the look of the film was, mm-hmm. I watched a western last night called The Salvation. Okay, uh, it's on Hulu or Prime. I forget which one. Okay. Um, but it stars Mads Mikkelsen and uh, Jeffrey Dean Morton and oh. e- Eva Green. And uh, Mikkelsen plays a Dutch settler in the Old West. Okay. Who's there and he's trying to, you know, he came to America to kind of seek his fortune and to make his way or whatever. And his wife and his son are killed by, you know, by, you know, by these, uh, these villainous, this villainous gang. Right. And so Outlaw he kind of Wales, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he exacts his revenge on them, uh, you know, with the help of some others. But he, you know, he gets his revenge on them, and uh, and they're poor. It's it's a movie where it's the performances are really good, and it's a good solid western story that you've seen a hundred times. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have a lot of money when they made it, so okay, like you can tell they're on sets. You can tell, you know, it's like the the the. The color grading in the film looks odd in, in places. It has almost kind of a Netflixy kind of a look to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The performances are so are so strong. And Mads is usually he's almost always good, um, you know, in, in everything. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I definitely recommend it. So I, I wouldn't put that one as quite craptastic. It's actually a good film. It just needed, mm-hmm. you know, just need a little Some, more a little more uh, well, coinage. Well, Lucini, to, uh, Lucini, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, to make to make it work, but. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So I chose again the substitute from uh, 1996. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're already laughing, yo. <laughs> Mark um, Anthony, yo. <laughs> starring the great Tom Berenger. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, the king of B movies. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? The king of B movies. He's had some. He's had some highlights. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Platoon and um, and Major League and Major League Two, even. Okay. Um, but anyway, starring Tom Berenger, Ernie Hudson. Mark Anthony, uh, I need to know, I need to know. Oh Tell me, baby yeah. girl, I need to know. Yeah, yeah. And he was playing a young, young street thug then, wasn't he? He was like a young street thug. Yeah, he was. He was the the villainous high school kid who was our, who was yeah. clearly twenty seven. <laughs> you know, yeah, trying to play a seventeen or an eighteen year old. Right. Because um, he's been been held back so long. That's why dude. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got a tattoo. Um, and uh, Diane Venora's in it. Mm-hmm. Um. William Forsythe's in it. Raymond Cruz is in. Raymond Cruz is the guy, the uh, the guy that I was thinking about earlier when I mentioned Training Day. Okay, he's in Training Day, and Tom Berenger is in Training Day. They don't have scenes together, but they're uh, but they're both in Training Day. And then uh, Luis Luis Guzman is in uh, is in this film as well. Okay, as as one of Berenger's, uh, you know, one of his soldiers who you know they're they can't do what they were doing before, so now they got to go into the private sector, and they're essentially. Uh, uh, you know, trying to find their way in, in the real world, but um, what's the synopsis for the film? And were they like teachers that were? What's, what's the, how, how that? So he's a mercenary. Barringer's a mercenary. He's got his band of mercenaries. Mm-hmm. They're looking for work in the private sector, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And Barringer's uh, on and off girlfriend is a teacher at this really violent high school in Miami. Okay. <laughs> and she has a run in with some students, and so they have somebody attack her. And break her leg, Ooh. and um, and when it happens, you know, Barringer's there and he defends her or whatever. But you know, she ends up injured, and so she says, "Oh, call and have the them send a substitute to work for me." So he calls his 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 his, his uh, ops buddies and gets them to get on the computer. <laughs> he creates a profile for himself, and then he goes undercover in the school to try to find out what's going on. Okay, and then he uncovers this whole master scheme with the uh, principal, who's played by Ernie Hudson. Uh, his character Claude Rollet is working with the students, and they're smuggling drugs, and you know, there's murders and all this kind of stuff going on. And of course, he, you know, he unearths all of it, and he, he, you know, it's kind of one part, uh, you know, like garbage, you know, black ops mo- action movie, and then one part like higher learning. Okay. Or uh, you know what was that the movie with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer? Been spending most of my life yeah, living so, in uh, uh, the gangsters, Dang- dangerous minds, power and the money, minds. money yeah, yeah. and the power, minute yeah, after yeah. minute, hour after hour, hour after hour. <laughs> right, right. Rest in yeah, peace, man. Coolio, yo. Rest in yeah, peace, for Coolio. Sure. For sure, for sure. Anyway, um, it's kind of two parts that because you know he deals with the students, and at first mm-hmm. he comes in kind of soft. And then he, you know, he starts telling him about Vietnam and somebody throws something at his back. He turns around, he catches it before it hits him in the head and throws it in the guy's face. And everybody's like, ooh, shit. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> this guy don't mean no means business. Yeah. Right? And then he tells him, yeah, in Vietnam, you had to have eyes in the back of your head. And so he kind of gains their respect. Right. And then, um, and like I said, it's just the whole thing with the principal and he's dirty. And then, the, you know, the students and big showdown and they and they finally figure out kind of that um that his character is uh is the is a mercenary and that he's the you know the boyfriend of the teacher and anyway big showdown at the end but it's not great right right it's not super well done 
Right. But it's fun. But it's fun. It's very entertaining. Yeah. You know the beats before the beats even get there, so that's always right. good. You know, you can. Right. In other words, you can cook dinner and watch it halfway. Pay attention. You're not gonna miss anything. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can fold clothes while you're watching it. It's, it's a good folding clothes movie for sure. Was there a scene in there at one point, man? Swiss? Was there a scene at one, one point where they're like transporting drugs, like cocaine, the, the typical white bags full of cocaine in, in the in, in, in the in the in the basement or something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, they're loading it okay. in the in the school bus, in the panels of the school bus in the basement, yo. Like, and when I say they got weight, yo, they got mad weight, yo, in this in the right? school bus. That's uh, crazy. Also, too, Glenn Plummer is in it. He plays the teacher. Glenn Plummer is the actor from who was the record producer in Speed. Okay. Who Keanu Reeves he he commandeers his car, his sports car, whatever, and he's also in uh uh he was in Showgirls. Okay. Uh, with uh the girl from uh, uh the actor from uh uh Saved by the Bell. Oh God. Elizabeth Berkeley. Yeah, yeah. I think this is her name. Something like yeah, yeah, yeah. She, curly blonde hair with I think like freckles. I think. Yeah, the one the movie that destroyed her career forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She <laughs> she never recovered from that. But yeah, yeah. But Berenger plays the mercenary uh, Jonathan Shale, but he's James Smith when he's the teacher. Okay. Ernie Hudson is the principal. Claude Rollet. Uh Diane Venora is Jane, his his girlfriend, and she was in Heat. By the way, I was trying to figure out where I knew her from. She was also Al Pacino's wife in Heat. And then Plummer plays the teacher. Mark Anthony plays uh, Juan Luca, uh, Lacoste. And he was in Man on Fire with Denzel. It's kind of a Denzel thing kind of running through, uh, through okay. this movie. Okay. Um, okay. And, then, and then William Forsyth, who's been in a ton of things, uh, plays one of the uh, the Black Ops guys who's kind of crazy. Uh, so it's, it was, it was, it's a very fun movie. And there's definitely points in it where the special effects and the camera work is like, it's a little shaky. It's a little subpar. <laughs> it's right, like right. okay, clearly that was a cut to somebody being stabbed in the head with a with a blade. Oh, <laughs> you know, practical effects. <laughs> yeah, you know. Wow. Um, but anyway, it's 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 a pretty good film, and I definitely recommend it. Now, what I think it got right mm-hmm. was the high school stuff feels real. Okay. Yeah. Like in terms of how the students are kind of rowdy and loud and mm-hmm. won't shut mm-hmm. the fuck up and right disrespectful. Yeah, and you have the um you have the cool kids, you have the you know, the bullies, you have the druggy dangerous kids, you have the athletes. Mm-hmm. Um you have the sense that the teachers are beloved by some of the students and kind of you know uh, reviled by others. Mm-hmm. You know, they get all that right. Um they also get right, like the relationship between um, uh, Diane Venor's character and Tom Berenger's character. You kind of believe it. You know what I'm saying? They have actual chemistry together, and you get the sense that, you know, she was doing some peace work and teaching in another country, and that's how she met him. Right, and, you right. know, he would come back to the States, and then they would hook up or whatever, and they never really, they never really committed to each other. You believe their relationship and, and, and that that's real. And you also believe the, the mercenary guys who are like, look, man, you know, we're used to, you know, going on missions and getting paid and kind of getting in and getting out. And now that we kind of been disavowed or whatever, you know, we want to make money. You know, we'll do anything. You know, we'll, right. you know, we'll, we'll do some illegal shit, which is what basically he ends up, you know, getting them into. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
What it got wrong, though, was like Tom Barron just doing like his fake like martial arts when he's fighting. Oh, no. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah, there's there's no way. And um, and at one point in the movie, like he he um, he goes in and he's fighting guys and all he has are shuriken. Oh, wow. That's shuriken, all he has are shuriken, Shur- yo. Shuriken or shurikens, yo? <laughs> sure. Is it shuriken? Is it pronounced shuriken? Yes, yeah, shuriken. No, yeah, yeah. that's the throwing star, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what he's using. He's and they're like, oh, oh, oh. right. And like two of them have a gun, have guns, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, it doesn't. Quite, this doesn't yeah. look believable at all, right? Yeah, I mean, some of the special effects, like I said, were a little bit okay. And even like I said, the camera work and some of the some of the cuts was like okay. But um, but for the most part, it is it is it is craptastic. It's it's, it's entertaining and it's fun, and as long as you don't think about it too much. You'll enjoy yourself. But if you think about it too much or if you try to compare it to a finer form of cinema or a finer version of this same movie, this kind of movie, you just you're just not going to get it. And funny, because we were talking about sequels with uh, the Chronicles of Riddick. Right. So the Chronicles of Riddick is a sequel to Pitch Black. Pitch Black. Mm -hmm. Uh, This movie came out in 96, had three sequels, sir. (laughs) <laughs> they did three more versions of it so that's right. how craptastic and it was not a true success but successful enough where they did the substitute two but they couldn't get tom berenger because they probably you know his price was probably too high for him to right, come back right, for the right, second right, one right, so they right. got treat williams treat williams yeah yeah treat williams yo the late treat williams yo r.i.p treat williams as well sir <laughs> Uh, yeah, I remember that man. So like, he plays. I think he plays the same character, Jonathan Shale. Oh, boo! But he's like going undercover in a different high school. It's like, okay, now you're just weird, right? Okay. Now, <laughs> now, now, you're, now, now you're simulating the, the success of Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It's like <laughs> you can, now. You just, now I just think you like being around high school kids, and I'm concerned. Okay, yeah, exactly. We're <laughs> <laughs> an FBI background check on you, dude. You're a suspect. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But. Um, but I think I think it's streaming on something. I forget which one I watched it on. But I watched it on one of the streamers, and I think all of them are on the streamers. The one with Treat Williams is actually not bad either. And last bit of trivia before we finish up: in Substitute Two, mm-hmm. the bad guy is portrayed by B. D. Wong, and you know his face if you don't know his name. You've seen him in a bunch of stuff. Okay. And B. D. Wong's character in the movie is named Warren Drummond. Wow! <laughs> Do you not? Did you? Did we never talk about that before? No, no, we didn't, man. Yeah, yeah. Wow! Yeah, shouts out to the War Drum, yo. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, his awesome. character was called Warren Drummond. So that's awesome, man. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. I just want to um, back to what I mean uh, in terms of relatability, in terms of stories and things go, mm-hmm. um, and how they they took the character of 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 the. Because in the beginning, in, in, in Pitch Black, which is where the character was initially introduced, of Richard of Riddick, B. Riddick, Richard B. Riddick, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then the, the young the young girl that was there was scheduled was like um, in the care of the imam David, which was David um, Keith David's character. Mm-hmm. Um, her, her sex was ambiguous. They didn't know she's a, a boy or a girl, and they found out she was a boy. Uh, she's a girl. Apparently, when Riddick left her with the imam on on a house on Prime, she's supposed to stay there, but. She didn't want to be there, and she—I guess she felt like Riddick was like her, 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 her father, mm-hmm. along those lines. And she looked up to him to the point to where she became like him. 
and started going out, becoming the best possible mercenary in the world and and their and quote unquote galaxy, so to speak. But yet to be so good, she finally got busted and put on this prison planet that was like uh I forget what they call it. Um super super supermax prison that was really hot and you couldn't escape because the time of day the sun was shifting, go back and forth and mm-hmm. I guess the night the nighttime day. So anyway, all it was very, very interesting to watch. But there's this really strange moment in there. It's like, okay, were they romantically involved? Was it some kind of, Ugh. you know, some kind of, you know, so, uh, is this, you know, uh, Papa don't preach moment? Was this, you know, was this, was this, this strange, <laughs> you know, uh, it was, um, it was, it was weird, man. It was like, uh, I don't know how to feel about this thing, but in light of what you're saying, as far as substitute goes, this movie did see like a couple of things happen to it. It, it was, um, it became a transmedia success in a lot of ways. Um, it spun um, like I think two animated movies, um, or at least one one animated movie it was like a like a kind of like animatrix type situation where they broke down different segments of it. And it had another movie called just called Riddick, where after he became quote unquote the leader of the Necromongers, mm-hmm. he actually got he actually got got deposed by them. And and put into a planet where he was forced to escape again, by like the way things usually end up end up for him anyway. Mm. But um, and that one was okay, entertaining too. But it was just like okay, it's more or less the same as the first movie. It was just pitch black all over again. Right, right, right. Let's let's play the hits, yo. Yeah, play the hits, yo. <laughs> you know, so that's what they did. That concludes this episode of Sidebar Forever, hosted by Dwight Clark, Swain Hunt, and Adrian Johnson. You can find us online at sidebarforever.com. Any emails or questions can be directed to us at sidebarforever at gmail.com. And also, subscribe to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram.